Please listen carefully. As a group, men have never understood what women find attractive and are only ever trying to attract each other. <laughs> and that's I why mean, they wear true. the athlete. They need, they want to prove to you that they're an athlete. So you will know that if they're wearing a hockey jersey. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. To go along with good fashion sense is sexual attraction. And sexual attraction leads to sex. And guess where we are, ladies and gentlemen? We are talking about sex scenes in TV shows. And I'm sure Christina has something else to add because I stole her thunder. And movies, movies too. And movies. You stole nothing from me. That was um, very impressive. I'm like, oh my God, what a segue. Wait a minute. Steph put thought and work into the podcast? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm good I'm for kidding. a segue. You are I very... A, I got a weird mind. You are very <laughs> good at segues. I think... I can't remember what else we've done before where you're really good at segues. Also, I'm stalling for time because I realized I didn't open up the article that inspired this episode before we got here and so i'm like fuck who wrote that we should probably oh i uh, have it open that. i think uh, also thank you ardo for this topic that you brought to our attention via dm on twitter which anybody can do by the way so I got cast. suggestion yes kaya shinyata yes did they also write another article we've talked about i feel like this name is very familiar <laughs> have but you looked at the article so often <laughs> this that's probably what it was uh thanks so much to ardo again for sending like what natcha said for sending that article and it was about where have all the sex scenes gone um and we actually were talking about something fairly similar to this not too long ago i actually think we were talking about it in our 365 Denis episode um and the article is specifically about why have um movies and tv shows movies in particular uh become so sort of like puritanical we arguably have far less sex scenes now than we used to and quite frankly the ones that we do have um are often not good they're very impersonal um i think we're all like i'm guilty of being the kind of person who says like oh i don't think that stuff needs sex scenes even though it's not that I dislike sex scenes. It's that so often there's two options for what you're watching here, right? Like one of the most common genres with sex scenes are horror movies. And it's really just an excuse to get people horny and then kill the woman while they're fucking, Mm -hmm. um, which is like not enjoyable to watch at all. Or it's that my least favorite type of sex scene in the world, which is uh, two people make out for a second the dude unzips his pants and just immediately enters her. Okay. Dry as fuck. You're not, there's no way she was ready. Pumps for three seconds. And then they're both coming somehow. Like that is just as harmful as porn, in my opinion, in terms of making straight dudes think that that's what sex should be. Um, So we don't need those. And, you know, this article is sort of highlighting that there is room for a really good sex scene. There is room for sex scenes that talk about intimacy and how much more they can add to a movie or a TV show when they're done really well. Um, so we all read the article and we all sort of picked favorite sex scenes or favorite you know media that had a really good sex scene that we want to talk about. Um, but before we get into it, I think we want to talk a little bit about like for you, what makes a sex scene really good? For me, I feel like, obviously, number one, you got to feel that chemistry. Like, if two actors 
hate each other in a sex scene, I'm gonna know. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna feel it. You're not you're not that good at acting, sir, ma'am, both sirs, both ma'am, whatever, whatever your gender. You're we're gonna know. I like thing like I don't love like extreme slow burns, but I feel like with sex scenes, if you don't start off a little bit, like if I don't see foreplay, I don't care for it. Yeah. <laughs> or at least foreplay earlier in a movie, at least build it up somewhere else so that there's tension and you're like, I'm ready. Like do it. <laughs> <laughs> like I have been ready. Sir. I mean, the payoff has to be there. Like they have to be talking. Yeah. They have to be, have be like, chemistry is slowly building 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 and then you hit this point and you're like oh hello yeah, like I, yeah like i'm i'm primed i'm ready to go let's do this <laughs> like i need that i think that's so funny because we when we were talking about possible options for this i kept talking about spike and buffy because the one of the most iconic sex scenes for me ever is when spike and buffy have sex for the first time and they literally bring down the house and if you watch the scene the scene is not long and there's actually not a lot of foreplay but that's out of context. In context, there has been foreplay for four seasons. Yeah. Yes. And it all finally called me. So as I was watching it, I was like, why do I love this scene so much? And then I remembered it's because like, oh no, the foreplay is that they were trying to kill each other. <laughs> and like, I think I'm on the school of thought. I was like, I don't need 10 million sex scenes. But if you give me two that are good or like, yeah. and like, they don't have to be long, but like you built up that history and that information, like that's going to pay off in the long run. Like Game of Thrones, we'll probably talk about, we for sure will talk about too much, too many, I don't care, right? Like, it's like, yeah. who cares? But it's it's got to, like, add value. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's got to be, like... There's got to be a point. Like, yeah, what, it has to change. Like, the relationship between them has to change, and it can't just be the same. A hundred percent, yeah. I... And so I when I even when I was looking for this, I really like sex scenes that also feel, like, a little bit more realistic in the sense that... Here's the thing, a sensual sex scene that is just like hot and good. Like, listen, I had a lot of issues with 365 Denis, but that boat scene, it's amazing. Um, or like we have to talk about the sense eight orgy scenes. The fact that you mm-hmm. could write, I think there's four orgies total. Every single one of them is immaculate. Um, <laughs> you know, those are all great. Really? But I do love a sex scene that is between two people that are just comfortable with each other and there's laughter and there's joking, and you don't get to see a lot of that. Cause I do feel like there's an obsession with sex scenes being hot in one very specific way. So it's always like an intense moment where the relationship is at its peak, you know? And so two people who hate each other or who knew that they shouldn't be fucking are suddenly fucking. But I would love more sex scenes between two people that are just like in a long-term relationship and just like genuinely like each other. Like, I think that there's something nice and, and fun about seeing sex scenes that are like, maybe like, you know, when you like, Oh, there was one, sex scene for something I wish I could remember what it was where like they keep having to stop because like you're on my hair and like they knock someone into a wall and then they knock it like a little too hard and it's like oh shit no are you okay was that too much was it, was it day daylight day what was that thing daybreak the, daybreak that's he slips on the fucking oh wait, yeah, so yeah, yeah. funny it might have been that it might have been that and I think like sex education is also one that's pretty good for some things like that that one yeah. it, the sex is not necessarily titillating which I think is good because it's teenagers is what they're all supposed to be playing um but I just like, really like the idea like for me I love a sex scene that really shows a relationship as being more than just sexual while they're in a sexual moment like I think that yeah. that is is really important and again i just like when people are laughing and having sex that's my favorite thing and then i'm like the the one that i picked is not that (laughs) (laughs) 
we'll go through. We'll talk about everybody's picks. Um, so I think we covered all the big ones. So we did not pick these, but we had to talk. We had to bring them up, which was Sense Eight. If you want a show that knew what a sex, good sex scene was, watch that. There are so many great ones, both with multiple people and with fewer, in lots mm-hmm. of different iterations. I will never forget the one where the uh, they have like a three way relationship, where it's um, Ludo and her her his boyfriend, and then the random girl, their beard. Oh yeah, I can't remember anyone's name anymore. It's been years. Yeah, she's just watching in the chair, and you're she's like, she's just hanging out, and they're like, yeah, we're fine with this, okay. <laughs> um, so we talked about that. Sex education is really great because it like really tackles the awkwardness of sex in mm-hmm. like a really like meaningful way. Um, there's lots of interesting things about like masturbation and stuff like that too. Yeah, but I think that covers the ones that we want to talk about. So now going into our actual picks for like sex scenes in stuff that we love, specific ones. Um, or whole shows about them. Steph. Which I mean, pick? we know I had a trouble. I like, <laughs> and also I'm like, I'm not a hundred percent on my pick, but like, this is the only thing I could think of because I would rather have done nothing, but I think that would have caused controversy here. So I had picked previously, I picked a lesbian movie. What was it called? Shit. Lost in Delirious 2001. It's, it's a scene burned into my probably because it came out in 2001, same year as Shrek. Uh, so I was the same age, probably, uh, when this was on TV. This, Misha Barton shares a room because it's at boarding school with two other girls. And the two other girls are in a relationship. <laughs> and, they, and they're and they having sex. And Misha Barton is in the bed beside them. And she's, like, trying to, like, turn over not to watch them. But, like, not, like, clearly pointing out. She's like, oh, this looks like a porno. I'm like, T- the 2001 Remy wouldn't have known that that was a porn but <laughs> looking back now I'm like oh yeah yeah because I sent you guys this link on Pornhub so that's where we got it <laughs> it like it literally looked like like straight girls trying to have sex and I was yeah, just and like, it was funny <laughs> who um and the actresses you know who they are lost and delirious if you want to look it up so I'm picking Grey's Anatomy which people talk a lot of shit about it but I watched it when it was first out so I and I stopped in season maybe four or five, but I remember so Meredith Gray. She's what's the? She's not yet a full doctor. She's like an art resident resident, and she gets into a relationship with a doctor that she doesn't know is like a big doctor at the hospital. So they get into a relationship, and then you later find out that that doctor is married. She didn't know he was married, um, and they were keeping this uh, relationship a secret. They had a dog together. They like kind of lived together, but they had no idea. And then all of a sudden, his wife shows up at the hospital, being like. I hear you're like fucking my husband. Wild. It was such a wild scene. Like I was just like, oh, like that. So Grace Anatomy was so good for that because it would end on the cliff and you're like, what happened here? Because I think um, the first season was like ten episodes and that's how. They oh, ended, it was super right? short because I yeah. don't think they knew if they were gonna carry on with it. So, <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> so, truly. So then we get to the scene that I picked. I'm pretty sure everyone knows exactly what scene. Is. They're in an exam room. They're confronting each other because she, either they dance together, but he, they're, she's like, stop looking at me, blah, blah, blah. You're like, you have a wife. And he's like, do you think I want to be looking at you? Do you think I, I'm sick to my stomach watching you with our veterinary, think of him touching you, whatever. So then it it goes slow-mo. They they start to make out. It's going K-drama slow-mo. The music starts pumping. It's so caressy is the word I want to say. He's, like, touching her hair. They're, like, zooming in on each other's faces. He, like, removes her underwear. And they're, like, in a passionate embrace. But meanwhile, he's married. And you're, like, this is going to be dark. Um. So, yeah, that – so then that was the first TV show, I feel, that I watched where – 
I'm going to say that I think Grey's Anatomy had too many. Do you agree with this? Had too many sex scenes for no purpose? But I can't remember I mean, if that's true. Yes, because they kept pushing the elevator scene thing because they're like, oh, things happened in the elevator. Oh, right. And so they kept forcing elevator sex. And I was like, this is not going to work. I mean, <laughs> they did it on Scandal too. But you know what? I liked it on Scandal. It's fine. Whatever. I, I, I have many <laughs> opinions about Scandal. But, but yeah, it was interesting... <laughs> What? There's so drop, many people. Yeah. I just want to drop this in. Scandals, sex scenes would have been better if any single one man in that show hadn't been the worst. Yes. Really I hard to get over. It. Like everybody's like, oh my god, the sex scene's so hot. Her and Fitz in the Oval Office. I can't get over Fitz's garbage. So no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, but sorry, anyway, no, but it's, but it's like at the Mr. McDreamy has a wife that he con- conveniently forgot about. Yeah. And like. They're and they're pretty awful characters. Like they're not likable, which is a whole big thing. And it was like interesting to see that kind of person and their relationship go out on TV in like what 2005, 2006. But like, give me a scene with a great soundtrack, as we know. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I think yeah. Like also that scene. Like I think the key thing about that scene is they start with the dancing where they're dancing with each of the mm-hmm. respective partners and the look that they share. And continue to share and then Meredith like it, she can't stand it anymore and she runs away and I'm like yeah that was le- that was the the foreplay for me <laughs> like obviously there's a foreplay from their previous relationship but yeah. I was like for this particular scene like literally and then they're having a com- tense conversation in close quarters looking at each other and she's like stop looking at me and then can't do it anymore this is the, this is the one thing that Grace Anatomy is so good at the way they use language and like the way they use like talking close you know what I mean like intimate talking and like they're circling each other in this room because she's trying to get away mm-hmm. with them and he keeps following her because metaphor for their relationship so again <laughs> I wonder if a woman wrote this <laughs> or directed this scene I'm tr- I would Season guess one it would have been a- it, this would actually be a Shonda Rhyme show right like she would have been yeah. writing and directing these yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh so good but I, and then again, it went off the rails. So like, do, I can only speak to. There's a reason I stopped watching the show, and I think because it went bananas. But, but yeah, like no, Grey's Anatomy had like other than like just this sex scene. Grey's Anatomy had some like really good sex scenes, despite like having core, too many. It was like Sandra O, oh, her relationship with he who should not be remained. Then we had um, Catherine Heigl. But the thing about Grey's Anatomy that always gives me like a bad taste in my mouth is those actors got like literally two high and mighty and thought they were hot shit and then they turned into assholes and then they had to be escorted off the show mm-hmm. or they're like i don't I... those those aren't even like my favorite sex scenes like when i was thinking about Grey's anatomy for this like initially i was thinking like callie like callie mm-hmm. sex scenes are she has sex with mcsteamy plus she's a, like a bigger woman too so like this is key for this show like this is like Shonda Rhimes definitely had a hand in this type of the show like I was like excellent this is exactly what I want to see she has like a sex scene with McSteamy which is great she has well she has many but like that the first one is particularly great she also like is bi so like she has a partner that's a woman at some point I think yep. they get do they get married they might get married they do. yeah and like that whole relationship like their sex scenes are excellent as well and like that was like the one thing I liked about the show where it like just kept taking things like further in a better way through those intimate relationships. I feel like you like Grey's Anatomy. I cried every episode because it was actually so sad <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nat, what's your pick? My pick. I went through the motions on this one, guys, because I think no, really? like, 
Uh, yeah, like I picked 20 different things at one point and then I was like, oh, so here's the thing. I had to reread the article to like figure out exactly which angle I wanted. It does like the article talks about how like TV shows seem to be going in an opposite direction than movies where like they'll incorporate more sex and like have more like things that sex scenes that actually means obviously some sex scenes that don't mean anything, but like sex scenes that mean things as well. Um and are more about exploration for both relationships and for people and their sexuality, which is great. So then I was like, maybe I should choose a movie that does it really well. And I was like, well, there's like some older movies that are there, but I don't think I love their sex scenes. So I was like, you know what? We're going to go with something a little bit newer. And like, <sighs> loathe as I am to admit it, <laughs> I have to give a shout out to like... <sighs> A lot of, like, the sexier shows and movies that I have watched where I have enjoyed every almost every single sex scene has been from Amazon Studios. And I'm mad about it. Because, really? Like, sorry. I mean, I don't want to interrupt you in this case. But I think that uh, The Handmaiden is not Amazon Studios. It's just Amazon Prime. So Amazon didn't produce it. They just got the distribution rights. Oh, okay. I thought it was Amazon Studios. That's what I thought I saw. But I could okay, totally, I, I could wrong. totally be wrong. But I remember it being released at like Cannes and stuff like that first, which I don't think Prime has done yet. Okay, okay, okay. So we're cool. I don't have to say anything about Amazon. That's yeah, don't give them I, credit. <laughs> I will give a, I will give a shout out. So Amazon Studios did do one of one of like my favorite like uh, foreign TV shows ever, which is called Made in Heaven, which is like an Indian tv show literally indian actors in india and it talks about sex it talks about queer sex specifically it's a very queer show which is like revolutionary to me because like as much as bollywood tries to get sexy they will never have like gay sex on in in a in a bollywood producing they will never have uh, like actual sex like it'll get like they'll almost kiss there's never gonna be the kiss (laughs) you know what i mean like it's worse than korean dramas like you won't even get the kiss (laughs) like it's just you know whatever so like i will give them that they produced that show it was beautiful and then okay so let's talk about my actual pick the handmaiden guys not to be confused with the handmaiden's tale that's where i was <laughs> yes like, yes not not, not not the handmaid's tale the handmaiden which is a korean film um it's actually made by the same director that did male director i should also preface this by saying it's a male director that did this movie who also directed the original oldie i don't know if he did the 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 recreation for like hollywood but the original old boy which is a real fucked up movie and (laughs) lady vengeance also fucked up this guy just does fucked up movies okay that's that's what he does (laughs) um and like this one is not quite the same so like that like the the movie is um like for those that probably haven't heard of this movie because i don't know a lot of people that have watched this movie i honestly forgot it existed and then like i was like looking for like lesbian sex scenes and this is the one that came up and i was like yeah the handmaiden i watched that like so long ago let me rewatch it the show is basically a historical drama i guess you could call it historical crime drama is what i will call it and it's like it it's got all the elements that our group loves it's got like a heist slash con (laughs) which we know we love um it's got some queer sex which again we love um it's got the k-drama factor obviously which we obviously love we adore it here we love the slow burns um and then the, <laughs> the, the looks the looks we love the looks but this one takes it a quite a bit further like 
a lot further like you get so uh, basically like just to give like a little bit of context the this woman who works like there's like a group of people that like are like con artists basically and this guy who like helps run the con artist scheme or whatever is like oh you're you're gonna be hired off as a handmaiden to like this is like back in historical times to a noble lady to a family that like wants to become japanese or whatever because like they think that's like like it's like their version of white i guess <laughs> like, like like this is like this is like the cream of the crop like you'll be so like high class if you're like seen as japanese so he pretends that he's a fully japanese man because he speaks japanese fluently or whatever and he wants to marry the man's daughter or not the man's daughter the man the man's niece sorry because he's the uncle he's like the creepy uncle um and he's like, yeah, so I'm going to con you. You're going to be the handmaiden. I'm going to con them. You're going to be the handmaiden. And then you're going to, like, make her fall in love with me or, like, help her fall in love with me or whatever. Meanwhile, this girl gets hired on. And these two start having, I don't know, like, little longing looks. And, you know, you know like, the slow burn build that you want. The chemistry is like, the lowest. The, the chemistry is crazy. Like, it's insane. Like, the, the first, like, scene, the bathtub scene where it's just touching and it's just like well, she's, I'm like what? I know oh, it's and, very and good. Like, yeah, it's so it's so slow and so like easy. Like it's not like it's not rushed. You know what I mean? It's not like like we have They're all the time, time in the world. They're taking. Yeah. And this is the first half of the movie. But what? And they have like there. There's a scene where they're definitely having sex in the first half of the movie. And I want to talk about that scene specifically. That's the scene that matters the most to me. But I want to talk about it as showed in the second half of the movie because they re-show the scene <laughs> and like that- so wait do you go in so they show something and you're like you don't know what's happening here and then you're like oh actually they were fucking this whole time no mm. <laughs> like, okay. it's, it's all part of the con aspect of this but in that okay. scene when you first get to that that sex scene it's it's obviously like very intimate whatever i should also say about this scene specifically i know that the director specifically made it so that it was only female people working on the set during that to make the actresses the most comfortable which i thought was a really good way to do it like if you're gonna shoot a scene like this especially like this intimate and like you see like everything (laughs) like you see every like the, the the only thing you don't see is actually into the badge which like as we know i saw (laughs) <laughs> some things when i was looking for other scenes but we won't talk about this <laughs> but like you don't that that's like the, that's their only like the cutoff like you don't see fully into the badge but anyway <laughs> you see everything it's very intimate they do like the foreplay but they've already had like half a movie of foreplay so when you get to the scene you're like i'm ready i'm ready to go and like it's it's an exploration right like for them it's both their first times it's like you know they're like getting to know each other's bodies in a different way than they did before and then they just cut it off right before she's about to like give her (laughs) her noble lady head basically (laughs) and so you're just like okay okay that was great i love it but then you come back to that scene (laughs) and it shows it in a completely different context where like they both think they're conning each other. So in the first scene, you think that the lady, the handmaiden is like, oh, wow, this girl like has, she's so naive. She doesn't know what she's doing. She has no idea what's happening. In the second half, it's 
it's both like she like one thinks like oh my god like she reshows the hand like the the movie reshows the handmaids in slots where it's like wow she's like but like out loud instead and it's like wow you're a natural at this how could you be such a natural but you have the context now that this lady reads like erotic fiction for her uncle to other dirty old men and so she has seen like the handbooks she has explored her own body obviously like you think oh she's never masturbated before no no this woman has masturbated before like she knows her body so like the way she's moving all this like practice effort is because she fucking has practice (laughs) like she knows she knows what to do so like this additional context in that are they into each other yeah yeah okay very much well wait are they just okay so there's like this whole like obviously the plot is like a a part of this intimacy like it actually this scene is so pivotal it changes what they decide to do like this is this is how important this scene is like the like they were initially conning each other but in the end because of this scene they realize how much they like each other they realize like like why the fuck are we having this deal with this asshole man that does not give a shit about us and is probably just gonna leave us to rot and die in like a sanitarium like it's just like this scene changes everything about the movie it makes the movie so good (laughs) like and like the best part okay i will say this like they're they use sex in other sex-ish scenes in other aspects of the movie so like um the main like noble lady person that the con man is trying to marry strikes a deal with her and like so she uses masturbation as a weapon against him and then they both use like fake sex as a weapon against the con the con artist handmaiden person so like sex is used in different ways in this movie but this particular scene i thought was the most oddest use of sex out of anything in the movie and then on top of that the way what i really liked about it is that they could have the director the writer whatever they could have used the scene as something that's talked about later but they don't the scene is just left for them so like the con man that they eventually leave behind or whatever he doesn't know about this part of their relationship at all so this is something that's private which i very much enjoyed because like a scene like this where like two women have sex and there's like a third person involved i feel like it would get exposed immediately you know what i mean like they could have exposed that scene they could have exposed that intimate part of their relationship they could have talked about all of that but they don't do that at all and that was a i feel like that was a particular choice that was made i know that there are like criticisms about this sex scene obviously because it's male gaze because it's a, the director's a man like obviously it's going to be directed a specific but i think that additional choice to make them comfortable in the scene and to both explore it as actresses and as those characters i think comes off on screen really well like and i don't know that's like my own opinion i thought it was done better than it could have been <laughs> you know what i mean like i i think it was just like I don't know. I I enjoyed the scene. I thought it was really well done. Obviously, they don't show like everything, but like you feel it. Like even just like the way they're exploring each other's bodies is absolutely like part of that thing where I was like, you don't see this ever in movies or TV shows or whatever. Well, like TV shows you might, but like, but it's always very wham bam. 
yeah like it's very quick like this one like took its time with it like it was like we're gonna go slowly she's gonna touch a boob (laughs) she's gonna talk about like oh i'm gonna teach you about what a man will do to your body and this is what he'll do next and that's in like the first first half of the movie that's how she talks about it in the second half it's like the other girls teaching her so (laughs) it's it's a great scene especially because of like the twofold meaning of it and then like the the whole like how it changes the entire movie essentially in regards to like historical lady lesbian romance Mm -hmm. this is hands down one of the best versions of it for sure but if you watch the favorite Mm -hmm. i I think it's interesting because it's almost like sex used in that way but there's not necessarily those emotions and those feelings behind it the way there are in handmaidens like i think in both those movies it's using sex as a tool initially but in the favorite it stays that way because of power imbalances in handmaiden it's like you know that's what we were trying to do but it didn't work because we have real feelings for each other it's a very good movie it's yes, his also yeah. his least fucked up movie. I highly recommend it because I've seen his other stuff and like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, very surprised I'm the same guy. Yeah, like I was just like, this man just does really fucked up shit except for The Handmaiden where like you think it's going to be real fucked up and then you're like, it's fucked up in some ways but like, he you know. a love story. And I, I feel like at some point he must have had something written down where he was like, and then you find out they were twins separated at birth. Like, I feel like he must have had that written down somewhere. Yeah. And then at some point someone was like, bruh, don't do it. And he didn't. <laughs> yeah. That scene's cut. It's on the DVD extras. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, it was like, I was amazingly, like, shocked and surprised by how much i enjoyed this movie despite it being directed by a man i also feel like it helped that he probably wasn't even in the room when those like the lesbian sex scene actually happens like i think because it was only women supporting women in that scene that had a lot to do with it and i know the criticisms are like oh like this is like exploiting lesbian sex once again for the male gaze or whatever i know i'm like (laughs) really butchering that like you're saying that in such a way that like it's very and so you're like really dunking on those people that are upset (laughs) with lesbian sex for male gaze i don't mean that in like that kind of way but like i feel like (laughs) <laughs> I feel like in this case if if the if the sex had been used in a way to exploit them in the plot I would have agreed however it did not do that at all and like the power imbalance obviously wasn't there because eventually the woman with more power does give up her power <laughs> so like well for love <laughs> yeah it's just ugh, what a great movie guys and like the way sex is used in this movie is key. Like, it's important. Well, Matt has forgotten to ask me about mine, even though we're off the handmaiden. I sat here waiting. <laughs> Listen, we got very distracted, and I was like, she'll eventually get to it. On I, wait, I waited. I was like, okay, whenever you're wrapped up, if you want to go. Uh, so I'm just going to say, we have been recording for 55 minutes now. We're not cutting out anything. This is editing Stephanie, and she would like it known that she cut out a lot. I apologize for everyone listening because we will be going for another 50 minutes. Uh, Welcome to my TED Talk. I am here to talk about, okay, I've talked about Spartacus before. I love it. I (laughs) recently, a friend of ours started watching Spartacus and like posted in a group chat being like, does anybody know about this show? Is it actually good? Because I'm enjoying it. And Nat was like, Christina, you've been summoned. Please come. Uh, And Wendy has rang for you. And I joined in. I was like, I'm ready let's go and when we were talking about sex scenes I had a lot of different options that I wanted to choose from because again I really enjoy a sex scene that like 
telegraphs a relationship and where it's going. So I had a couple of different options and a couple of things I wanted to look at, but I wanted to talk about Spartacus because it was also an excuse to talk about a little bit Game of Thrones. And when sex mm-hmm. in a, a whole show is done right and when it's done wrong. So the first thing I'll talk about is the specific scene in Spartacus that I actually really love. I did want to pick like a queer sex scene as well in particular is, um, is and what I like about Spartacus is when Spartacus has the idea that you think it's its main audience is a very like white cis man you know very comic-con nerd guy very male power fantasy everything about spartacus is the kind of thing where it's exactly what game of thrones thought its audience was like game of thrones talked all the time about how you know the producers would stand on set and they would say i'm like a 14 year old boy this scene needs more titty no matter what the scene was And that's how Game of Thrones like treated its audience. And Spartacus, you would think, how would have the same audience and the same idea? But the guy that created Spartacus was really like, no, really, the whole point of the show Spartacus is that your idea of this male power fantasy is none of these men actually had any free will because they were being kept as slaves, even though they were gladiators. And over the course of the show. Spartacus has a lot of different sex scenes. Um, And even at the very, very beginning of the show in season one, it doesn't shy away from gay sex scenes or male couples and them just being not necessarily seen as like regular because it's all for the most part done through um, the gladiators and the slaves. Uh, But the idea that like for gladiators, like it's accepted that they're having sex and that they're in love. Like people don't question that they genuinely love each other. There is one relationship where one of the characters dies and it's like genuinely heartbreaking for that other one. So like they're they're treating it as like actual relationships, but they also spend time on their sex scenes. And my absolute favorite one is from the final season, and it's two of my favorite characters. Um, and it's really interesting because I'll put a link to. Yeah, luckily you can find this one on YouTube, so I'll actually put it on our Twitter and not link out to Pornhub. Um, it's between Agron, <laughs> uh, who is he was a free man. He was taken. He was captured as from the Romans to be a slave, to be a gladiator. And then the other character's name is Nasir. And Nasir was also stolen, but he was stolen as a child and he was used as a body slave. And your introduction to Nasir in particular is he is in a villa that the, um, that they are freeing basically. Like they're going into the villa, they're going to kill the Romans that live there and they're going to free the slaves there. And they're trying to hide out at the villa. And Nasir's first introduction is in a sexual scenario where the Roman who has enslaved him is sleeping with one, is like fucking one of his other slaves and literally tells Nasir essentially to join in. So like from the very beginning, Nasir's introduction is the idea that like, again, he's a slave, he has no autonomy, and there's obviously a sexual element to that as well. And Spartacus also doesn't walk away from the fact that like the men in these shows who are slaves are also being raped when they're being forced to have sex, not just with other men, but with women as well. Like it's very clear about that. Um, So you have that with him and the Nasir's storyline over the course of two seasons is about him letting off all of the weight of like what being a slave meant and understanding that like he does have free will and he does have free choice and he can choose to decide what he wants. And so really Agron is the first person in his life he ever willingly chooses to be with, um, who he isn't forced to be with and there's no repercussions for not being with. And they have a couple of different sex scenes throughout the entire show. But the one that I really, really enjoy is this scene that's in, actually, you know what? I said season three, but it might even be, 
as early as season two, because that show has a lot going on. A lot happens in a single episode um, where Agron is jealous because Nasir was like flirting a little bit with some other dude. Um, and they go into their little bedroom and it starts off as an argument, but they both genuinely like each other so much and they banter quite a bit that they end up just flirting their way through their fight. And then they end up having this like very loving sex scene that it's not very long, but none of the sex scenes in Spartacus, I will say, are very long. There are maybe one or two of them. But I think this sex scene is treated with the same amount of time and respect and, and passion as like their other sex scenes are between straight couples as well. Um, they are having a good time. Like they are smiling and they are laughing and they are genuinely having pleasure in each other's company. And one thing I like about it too is in terms of the position. So they start off um, where they're like making out and then like Agron spins Nasir around, but they end up like fucking side by side on their little pallet bed. And I think that both movies and TV, but definitely movies in particular, kind of have a shorthand a lot of time for sexual positions. Basically, there are three position, three positions. There's missionary with the man on top. There is girl on top sitting straight up. And there is girl taken from behind. And they, a lot of times, have a lot of... It's very obvious. You use missionary, (laughs) both of them facing each other, men on top, to suggest that there is a mutual love and passion. You Mm -hmm. use um, girl being taken from behind to show a woman often not in a place that she wants to be, to be, like, Mm -hmm. being dominated. And you use woman on top. She's reclaiming her power. This is her passion. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a shorthand. Spartacus does not do that. And I really love that in this particular relationship, when they show them fucking, they are fucking side by side. And I think that's important because it really shows the balance in their relationship in terms of the shorthand, how, you know, they're just genuinely enjoying each other's company. There's equals. There's not that element of one of them being on the bottom is any different or any like womanly in any sense at all. Like it's just very Given the fact that it is directed and showrun by a straight man, I found it very surprising <laughs> that that was how they ended up fucking. But it's just a very good scene. And it really encompasses the equality in their relationship and how important that is. The fact that they genuinely like each other, even the fact that they're fighting in a war together. Like they're not in a position where they are should be having fun, but they have such close feelings for each other. And I think this scene does it really well. And the reason why I talk about this scene in comparison to Game of Thrones is that Game of Thrones was like, oh, we're on HBO, so we can have all the sex scenes that we want. And Game of Thrones probably does have more sex scenes than Spartacus, even though Spartacus also has a sex scene every single episode, but every single one of them has a different purpose. Game of Thrones is like, oh, let's throw a sex scene in there. And of 900 sex scenes, only one of them is good. It's Jon Snow and Egret, where there's like passion and there's like a genuine intimacy and respect and love between the two people. That's good. The only other sex scene in Game of Thrones that is not absolutely horrifying is one that actually is horrifying, but it's hilarious. And it's when Jon Snow and his fucking aunt, Daenerys, are boning. (laughs) And then as they're having sex you see it confirmed that they are in fact related and that she is his aunt. They chose the time to confirm that to be as Jon Snow was coming in her like that. And I was like, you know what? That's an excellent use of parallels. That is very funny to me. (laughs) Every other sex scene in Game of Thrones is done poorly. It's very male gazy. There's no respect to consent 
in those shows at all. Whereas you look at Spartacus and you would say, that's a show that could have really gone gotten away with doing everything that Game of Thrones did because of who you anticipate its audience is. But Game, but Spartacus tells you regularly, like the like the gladiators are shown being forced to have sex with slaves regularly, and the slaves are shown having to be in that position as well. And you see how it affects them negatively. There's not this idea that because they're men and they're having sex, it's somehow better or easier for them than it is for the women involved in those situations as well. They are genuinely often very upset and traumatized by those experiences and those events. They walk away from it, you know, having cheated on for themselves, almost feeling like they've cheated on somebody they loved, even though they did not have a choice to be in that scenario. They walk away from it. You know, there's one character in particular who loves the idea, has very much been brainwashed by the idea of what being a gladiator is. And so is very convinced that he is honorable in his pretension, like his pursuit as a gladiator, but is also regularly um, forced to have sex with his dominant, who is his essentially like in this context, his master regularly forced to have sex with her. And you see every time how it takes a little bit away from him because it's a very non-honorable part. So it's very hard for him to justify those two things, but he like tries to, and it's very well done. So, but it's also excellent to me that a show that does that can also then give you this very loving sex scene to show you like, this is what is better. This is a sex scene between two genuinely good people who genuinely have feelings for each other. Even in the mess of everything that's going on around them, they have not lost themselves entirely to the situation they're in. And them together, they found each other. And I think you can see a lot of that in their sex scene. Again, it's short, but it is so good. And also, yes, it's I'm very attracted to both of them. There's a significant height difference. One of them is like <laughs> what I noticed. And the other one is like six four. Okay. It's, yeah. It's but I mean, when you, (laughs) when you, so when you showed it to us, I was like, it was shot very like they look great. They're like legs and butt Mm -hmm. are like the main focus, and like yeah, they're on their side, but it helps with the height difference. I think that was an intentional. But I was like, they're really into each other. Having not watched this whole fucking show, I'm like. I, yeah. I'm into their love they story. are considered there's a couple of different love stories in Spartacus but theirs is considered one of the best I don't Wendy if you're listening skip the next 10 seconds uh they're generally considered that like there's an element in Spartacus the idea is that like the gods are actually looking out for some of these people like Spartacus yeah. the idea is that he like for a good portion of the show he can't die because the gods need him to live so he can start this war and Agron and Nasir like do not get injured and do not die when they are together. It is only when they're separate that they come close to dying. Their relationship is like considered to be blessed by the gods, basically that they should be together and that the gods will protect them if they're near each other. It's very cute. Okay. I love them. (laughs) I, do they die die in the end? Okay. No, they don't. That's the thing. This show, this show that is not made by a gay man, like is made by a straight man said, we are going to reverse the barrier gaze trope. The only two main people that live are Agron and Nasir. Everyone else dies. Because like in the story, so in the story, like the actual story of Spartacus, as well, the idea is that all of them die. And I think this is so interesting that they do this. So um, Cassius is the guy that Nasir was like, flirting a little bit with that made Egron jealous but Cassius is the name of um the person who was Spartacus's actual right hand man like in history 
But Agron takes on the role of Spartacus's right-hand man throughout the entire show. And at the very end, when Cassius is dying, he is with Agron. And you can tell that he actually also has feelings for Nasir. So he tells Agron, if only I could have been you for just one day to have been loved by him like this much. Oh, no, so the idea that they're sort of saying is that they basically said that they, they gave Cassius the name of Spartacus's right hand man. So that in death, he could be Agron's, he could be Agron for a day. Oh, and so that's why, that's how they get away with like Agron being alive, even though Spartacus's right hand man dies in the war. They, they suggest that Cassius was actually Agron. I'm tearing up. That's really beautiful. Maybe I should watch this fucking show. Hi, why am I tearing up? I'm just hearing about it. Literally anything makes me cry now. I know. You knew I was dead inside, oh, but God. clearly I was wrong. Oh, it doesn't help that my eyes are swollen. <laughs> I, listen, I love it. Okay. Even, oh my God. even the like, this is also a really good show for, this is getting away from the sexies a little bit, but this is also a really good show for not, there's never a moment where the people, the Romans are good guys. Even the Romans yeah. you see the most who you have moments where not sympathize, but you see them struggling. It's very clear that at the end of the day, they have chosen to have slaves. It doesn't matter that they live in the society with slaves. They are bad people. But there mm-hmm. is a relationship there between um, the two, Lucy Lawless and the guy from The Mummy. And even the portrayal of their relationship is actually very interesting and well done. Because while I believe that they love each other, I don't believe that they're in love with each other to a certain extent. I believe they're in love with what they see of themselves in each other. This show has layers. The sex scenes are written very well. It gets so much better. Like the first season is good, but they really find themselves in the prequel and they carry that through the next two seasons. And everyone in the seer, man, even the first time you see them, like really having a moment with each other is when they're supposed to be guarding like a prisoner that they have, but they're so into each other that they're making out and like, giving each other hand jobs in the hallway where the prisoner is being held. And they're like trying to be like, Oh, we shouldn't like, we don't have enough time. And they're like, maybe if we're quick, it'll be fine. And no one will know. And then they're just like having this. And then someone interrupts them and is like, if you guys want to go, I'll take over for you. And they're like, thanks. We really appreciate you. (laughs) God bless. Many thanks. (laughs) Oh God! So I love their little relationship, oh, yeah. and I, I love so fun. much <laughs> that they live, and I love their sex scene because that sex scene for me is indicative of their relationship. Yeah. Uh, who knew that I'd be crying at the end of this episode? I this is not the one I would be spe- expecting, but here we are. I'm really good at telling you how much they're in love with each other. I just the cast is big god to me. I love a beautiful story like that that like, you know, when it meshes with history and they add like a huge emotional meaning behind it like stop making me feel for somebody that I do not know. I didn't even I don't even really care about Cassius that much, but when he says the line, if I could have been you for just one day and then it sort of clicked in my head what they were doing. Oh, I I loved it. I loved it so much. I'm always surprised that men don't read romance books because I'm like, if you like Spartacus, clearly there's an audience there, but maybe it was. I said this before. Spartacus is a good litmus test. If you ask a man who's watched it, what do they feel about a certain character specifically? Asher. If they liked Asher, 
at all, even a tiny bit, even 5% if they like Dasher, don't red flag. They didn't understand Spartacus. They didn't know what was going on. <laughs> they didn't get why Spartacus was good at all. They just liked all the fighting. They didn't understand that the fighting was a commentary on how like by enjoying, the, like you're supposed to be looking at the fighting and seeing how these men are ruining their bodies, not how excellent physical fit form they are. Anybody who liked Asher saw it that way and didn't understand what was going on. Because listen, in all of these, the point was there were connections. There were real connections. Mm -hmm. And you can have a real connection that isn't romantic and still have a really good sex scene. You can have a connection of just two people who are super into each other for one night. It's when there's nothing that makes these bad. I also, I think also the conclusion we've come to, even though like these examples that we used are cis men directing or whatever, I think it's surprising that we can get to they're they're so rare to have these moments because it's only cis men in this market or in this industry now if you expanded that outward to not just women but like non-binary people like trans people of any gender anybody that like anybody anybody that's gender non-conforming whatever i feel like you're gonna find a lot more options and like it's gonna be you don't have to worry about male gaze i mean like obviously nothing's gonna be perfect for every single person despite their gender but like you we're finding these rare moments in movies and tv shows because there's not enough people the right kind of people doing them like it's give them the chance to do it and maybe you'll be surprised how much you'll find it's so notable when it does happen because this field is just for them and like occasionally like barry jenkins the sex scene in Moonlight is great and he's not yeah. a gay man, you know, like it's excellent. But how much more could we have if you let exactly. other people make those movies? Exactly. And then I have to ask, like these cis men that did these scenes, what were they influenced by? Like what yeah. what actually affected? Because I imagine for Spartacus, that man probably has like, I, he can't have come to those conclusions himself is what I'm saying. Like <laughs> no fucking cis white man. I don't know if he's white, maybe white. He is. Like, His name is Steven okay. tonight. He makes surprisingly yeah. good stuff. Yes. So like, he didn't I bet come he to reads that. romance books. <laughs> he didn't come to that himself. Somebody brought him there. He had a help along the way, whether it was intentional or not. He came to that point in his like whatever understanding you know we talked about this before like i'm saying that he's straight because to the best of my knowledge he is straight he has married a woman he hasn't said anything otherwise but as we've learned a lot of dudes apparently according to books just jack off in front of each other a lot yeah so what do we know so maybe he's not maybe he does identify some other way but to the best of my knowledge he you know is straight out there but let's we need more the context is still that we need more other people directing stuff because we should just we need more good sex scenes, not just so that TV shows can be better because they are really like they do add a lot when they're done well, but also mm-hmm. more people need to learn what good sex is and they're not going to learn it from porn. This is not something that's ever going to happen. So I feel yeah. like I need visually more representations in accessible media because whatever they're doing now is not working. <laughs> you know what? Let's give 
Pornhub more Hollywood material to work with because <laughs> what they clearly have is not it. Like how it's not unreasonable for, for me to ask. I just want a story. I need a plot. You, I can't. I just, need. I honestly, yeah, yeah. I can't give us this give is, us the things that we asked for. Give us the chemistry. Give us the the like the, the background play. Give us give us that. Give us. I don't need like a full. I don't need like a pizza delivery man comes to the door. That's the story. I don't need that kind of plot. But maybe it was that that pizza delivery man was an ex boyfriend, or it's. So, or a friend that she's been into for a long, like we let's just, talk just a taste. I just need a little bit. Just let's, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about like not not just like like actual pop, but like attitudes, like the looks, the gazes, like how do they respond to a person in a certain situation? How what is their banter like? Give me the banter. Yes. This is where for. what I don't think is surprising is that all three of us have read fan fiction. <laughs> Steph is definitely going to get more into fan fiction as she has now started to realize what is available to her, I think. Because I'll be real, I love fan fiction, but this is where you get that. This is where you get like the porn supports the plot, supports the porn. Like they are connected. (laughs) But I didn't realize how much, like I'm putting in a lot of my imagination into stuff based on what I've read from the book series Privacy. And I didn't realize how, like, the fanfiction writer isn't doing any work basically at all but i'm doing it myself and like that is so interesting to that me. is why i love this is a whole nother episode but that is why i love yeah. fan fiction you can just start reading any fan fiction and you don't yeah. have to worry about it you've seen the show because yeah. you already know you don't have to go th- you know how like in a book the first 100 pages are the slowest because yeah. they're just explaining everything yeah. to you you already know you're covered it's just boom mm-hmm. here you go <laughs> and i have to say the one that i was reading my first fan fiction i ever read beginning to end was a dramine <laughs> fiction i got up a tiktok because i was like yeah i and then i'm sitting here thinking i'm like why did you never explore this option i'm so surprised about room like it I'm was there for you. you haven't like it's there available for free yeah i'm really <laughs> surprised for someone who reads that i'm honest that much romance surprised you haven't jumped into the fan fiction world yet before it's mm-hmm. because not all the writing is good yeah but you just fair. but you know what a lot of it is way better than you think it would be too you just gotta dig That's a why I was shocked by this one. Imagine, I should probably say what the name is. What is it? A lot of famous writers careful. write fan fiction. N.K. Jemisin oh, yeah, 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 yeah. writes fan yeah. fiction, but she refuses to say what fandom or what her scre- what her like name also, is. Imagine how much she would have enjoyed. Spoiler alert! Post this fan fiction. I'm so mad about this. So mad yeah, that that book is just so inside game. But it's it was so good for that. I think that wraps up our episode. Uh, we are a little bit. You know what? I think this we can, we can get this down to about an hour. I'll have to name the the fan fiction if anyone is interested and they're like, you know what? I also want to read about Draco and Hermione banging it out. Uh, breath mints. Oh shit! Breath, what is it? Breath mints <laughs> <laughs> and battle scars is the title. Amazing. I got it. Listen, I honestly, if I could read it on Goodreads, I would. Actually, I think you can, but I was like, I can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. To myself just yet. <laughs> there are some fan fictions on Goodreads that you can use, and I'll be real with you. If I could clock the fan fiction that I read on Goodreads, I would not have a problem hitting my goals. I really wouldn't, because every time I'm like, I'm in a reading slump, I just can't get through a book. Know that every night I have a fan fiction open, and I'm like, oh, I, I get into bed. It's like midnight. I know I'm not going to fall asleep till 2 a.m. anyway, because I am who I am. So I pop open a quick 105 word or 105. 
105,000 word fan fiction. I just go, let's read about magicians for a little bit, you know? Let's go. Let's read about Teen Wolf, even though I only watched two seasons. And on that note, thank you guys so much for listening once again. Uh, if you have any good sex scenes that you want to talk about, please reach out to us on Instagram or on Twitter at EatsCast. Thanks so much to Ardo for sharing that uh, article. We'll link to it on our Twitter. Um, she inspired this episode. Last week's episode was inspired by Shanice. This week's inspired by her. We're doing everything for our fans. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 In regards as to like, I'm going to start that over because I heard that and whoever's editing this, I don't want you to have to deal with that.